All right. Welcome to um, our podcast focusing on faith and work. Today we're looking at the core doctrine of cultural engagement. I'm going to go ahead and read our reading for today, which is 1 Kings 5, um, 1 through 12. When Hiram, king of Tyre, heard that Solomon had been anointed king to succeed his father David, he sent his envoys to Solomon because he had always been on friendly terms with David. Solomon sent back this message to Hiram. You know that because of the wars waged against my father David from all sides, he could not he could not build a temple for the name of the Lord his God until the Lord put his enemies under his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side, and there is no adversary or disaster. I intend, therefore, to build a temple for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord told my father David when he said, Your son whom I will put on the throne in your place will build the temple for my name. So give orders that cedars of Lebanon be cut for me. My men will work with yours, and I will pay you for your men whatever wages you set. You know that we have no one so skilled in felling timber as the Sidonians. When Hiram heard Solomon's message, he was greatly pleased and said, Praise be to the Lord today, for he has given David a wise son to rule over this great nation. So Hiram sent word to Solomon. I have received the message you sent me and will do all you want in providing the cedar and juniper logs. My men will haul them down from Lebanon to the Mediterranean Sea, and I will float them as rafts by sea to the place you specify. There I will separate them and you can take them away. And you are to grant my wish by providing food for my royal household. In this way, Hiram kept Solomon supplied second here. Sorry. Choked there. I had to grab a drink. In this way, Hiram kept Solomon supplied with all the cedar and juniper logs he wanted. And Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his house household, in addition to 20,000 baths of pressed olive oil. Solomon continued to do this for Hiram year after year. The Lord gave Solomon wisdom just as, he, just as he had promised him. There were peaceful relations between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty. So that's the verses today that we're focused on for this particular uh, reading. And I will go ahead and read a little piece of the devotional as well. Um And as I mentioned, uh, the title of it is Cultural Engagement. Here it goes. Many Christians are confused about how and to what extent they should engage the world. For this reason, discussing cultural engagement requires humility and submission to God. We need to realize that if we do not think carefully about how to engage the culture, we may succumb to the ways of the culture that are not pleasing to God when we decide to engage it. Pastor and theologian, Tim Keller explains, the reality is that if the church does not think much about culture, about what parts are good, bad, or indifferent, according to the Bible, 
its members will begin to uncritically imbibe the values of the culture. They will become assimilated to culture, despite intentions to the contrary. Culture is complex, subtle, and inescapable. And if we are not deliberately thinking about our culture, we will simply be conformed to it without ever knowing it is happening. Keller then reviews four different models of cultural engagement. One, being relevant to the culture to live winsomely. Two, transforming culture to the decrees of Christ when possible. Three, living counterculturally to shine the light of Christ. And four, recognizing that there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. According to Keller, each of these four Christian approaches to cultural engagement can help us discern how to engage the world in a fruitful and faithful way. There is not one uniform approach that should di dictate how a Christian engages the world. Rather, there is a need for significant spiritual discernment in the difficult balance of being in the world, but not of it. So that's a little piece of the devotional today. And... <clears throat> You know, it makes me think we should actively be engaged in our culture, right? But but how do we avoid conforming too much to our culture? My first thought was, as parents, we tell our kids, be careful who you choose as friends. Be careful <clears throat> who you choose to spend your time with. And... The reason we say that is because those friends will influence the choices that they make. We and we want our kids to make good choices, right? Or, or at least avoid making some of the really bad choices, right? Culture <clears throat> ebbs and flows, doesn't it? it? It changes over time. Certain things come into fashion and become more popular. Other things go out of style. The lingo changes, clothing changes, topics of discussion change. And just like all of these things change in society over time, the things that we focus on individually also change over the course of our lives. And a couple of questions that came to mind as I thought about this today. First one is, do I want to change the world? You can ask that to yourself. Do you want to change the world? And if so, what should we change about it? Keller throws out um, one idea uh, that I mentioned already in the Devo reading. Basically, try to influence the culture toward Christ, toward what Jesus taught. And as parents, you know, we, we have some ability to do that with our kids. I definitely remember we tried to do that with some of the kids we were coaching in football and soccer. We wanted to focus on a few things, you know, the importance of teamwork, working together, serving each other, being there for each other, not being focused on your own personal gain, but, but more focused on what the team can, can accomplish. We even prayed at the end of practice to let kids know that, that that was important to us, at least as the coaches, to thank God for the opportunity to be out there, 
and to ask for his help in playing the right way. The next question I thought about is, you know, how, how much do we try and do that at work to influence people at work toward Christ? I noticed the other day that just leaving this faith and work Bible out on my desk stimulated a couple of conversations with people that I probably never would have had otherwise. So I was kind of glad it was sitting there on my desk. And today's lesson also makes me ask, myself, you know, why am I working? What am I really trying to accomplish at work? Is it, you know, just trying to hit my numbers or to positively influence my team to reach our, our sales goal? Or am I actually trying to win people for Christ, to steer someone else that I'm around toward Christ? try and be more like Christ myself, whether that's at work or home or with my friends or anywhere. It's probably a good question for us all to think about for a minute today. Am I doing anything to influence others toward Christ? Or am I just looking after myself? So hopefully that's good stuff to think about today. I'll go ahead and go into prayer for us. Lord, we thank you for uh, the opportunity the opportunity to engage those around us, to have some sort of influence on those around us toward you, toward what you want us to pursue while we're here on earth before we get to be up with you up in heaven. Lord, help us to discern how to do that. Guide us so that we can be effective at that and be focused on influencing others toward Christ, whether it's at home, at work, wherever we find ourselves. Help us to be consistently thinking about that, Lord. Let us follow your example of thinking others to be more important than ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great day.